1: To all things therapy, I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm an intuitive psychotherapist and I'm licensed as a social worker. I am with you live today in Los Angeles. You may know if you've been tuning in that I divide my time between Los Angeles and New Orleans. I do remote sessions by phone, Skype, and FaceTime, as well as in person at either office in Los Angeles or New Orleans. I would love for you to reach out to me to inquire about working together. You can do that through my my website, which is n o l a t h e r a p y N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. I just built a new website, which is so user-friendly, and I invite you to visit that website, join my email list, because in the fall of 2020, my first book is coming out, and I want you to be able to utilize that information. I spent three years writing a book about healing our core wounding through empathy and self-forgiveness. Sometimes we come to therapy or a healing professional and we're not sure why we experience certain patterns. And I work with the astrological placement of Chiron. Chiron is the archetypal wounded healer. And that is a placement in our birth charts that's often underutilized. And Chiron reveals the source of our repetitive patterns that we find ourselves in frustration, depleting our energy. And my book highlights what your core wounding is and how you can heal that placement through empathy and self-forgiveness. And I'm really excited to get you this work. I also thank you for tuning in. Today is episode 177. And thank you for your Loyalty, sharing this podcast, and I ask that you continue to share my work. Follow me on social media at Nola Therapy. I took the last three years off to write my book, and now I'm back to like being in the world and 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 sharing and uplifting, uh, uplifting consciousness through the theme of my podcast, which is changing consciousness one conversation at a time. And my guest today is doing that. I am so excited to have on in just moments, Aaron Claire Jones. She is a human design expert. She's a leadership coach, and she will be discussing with us the power of utilizing this blueprint that human design offers us. It's an energetic DNA. It's a blueprint of our energetic DNA, how energy moves through our body. That is the gift that human design offers. And it's sourced from many ancient traditions, including astrology, Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system, quantum physics, and genetics. If you like to follow along like I do, you can find Aaron at Aaron Aaron com, as well as on Instagram at ErinClaireJones. And this human design is a multifaceted chart system that can be used by you as an individual, can be used by couples and businesses to work from their strengths and operate in alignment with your unique design. And as I've been studying Erin's work, I see human design as a language. And Erin Clare is going to translate that for us. So welcome, Erin Clare. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, you're, you're doing a whirlwind tour through Los Angeles and you're here from <laughs> New York. How's it going so far?
0: You know, it's a little bit dizzy, but it's good. It's so fun to be here. It feels like so much is happening, and I'm very grateful to be in the
1: sun. Yes. And, you know, I want to say that your work came to me through the Almost 30 Podcast Girls. I love what they're Mm -hmm. doing, and your work really resonated. You were the featured guest at their live New York City show recently. And I wonder where you would like to start us on this journey into human design and what it offers our listeners today. Yeah, well,
0: maybe I can just explain what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So um, human design is an amazing system that basically gives us our energetic DNA. And so it helps us understand how we are each uniquely wired to make decisions, communicate, cultivate opportunities for ourselves, relationships, all the things. It's kind of like we come into this life without an operating manual and human design like quite literally gives us that manual. So It's based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And as you mentioned, you know, it is not astrology, but it does draw from astrology, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system, biochemistry, quantum physics, all the things that kind of give us us this master, just like blueprint of how we're designed to operate at our best.
1: So where do you like to start with clients who come to you and say they're interested in learning about their human design? So I think that if you want to
0: look it up, you can go to ErinClaireJones.com lookup. But there are about two billion different configurations in human design, but at the highest level, there are five different types. So we have manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. So that's definitely a
1: great place to start. Yeah, I noticed that you talk about in your work that there are two billion potential configurations, yet there are five main types that that all of us fall under do you want to start by going over um I mean I've been totally geeking out I told you on your material I was drawing graphs last night and charts because it's so interesting and I think so important because if we have this blueprint to understand ourselves it makes it easier to move through life yeah
0: and I think that's what I love is that like more than anything human design just gives us permission to be who we are you know, and I think we spend a lot of our lives, like, chasing after who we're not, are trying to do things in ways that are not natural to us, and human design kind of just returns us to, like, oh, you're designed to operate in a very unique way, and here's a manual on how to do it. So, happy to kind of give an overview of the first of the five types. Do you want me to do that? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. So, um, so um again, the highest level kind of distinction, but it does get more specific from there. So. We have manifesting generators, if you are, and generators. And so that makes up, those make up the majority of the population, about 70%. The so manifesting generators and generators are basically the people that really have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and bring things to life. And the most important thing in the world is that they're doing work that is deeply satisfying to them. They're kind of designed to wake up each morning with like a full tank of energy to use their energy in super satisfying ways and then kind of crash and wake up recharged. Mm. If they haven't fully used their energy, they might go to bed and just feel like, a little bit restless or just depleted in the wrong way because they actually didn't use their energy in a way that feels good. And when they're really lit up by what they're doing, they're literally lifting up the energy of everyone around them. So it's so like of service to the world that they're actually doing work that they care about. And um, for manifesting generators specifically like you, they op- often operate best and they kinda of have their energy in a lot of things at once. So it's not about just doing one thing or following a very linear career path. It's about allowing themselves to be very stimulated by lots of different things and basically pivoting away from things when the energy is no longer there for them. Um so and the strategy for both of those types is basically all about allowing life to come to them. So rather than chasing after things and trying to initiate and kind of force things or make things happen in that way, it's basically just like allowing life to come to them and kind of trusting their gut to know what they're available for and what they're not.
1: You know, Erin Claire, as you're as I'm hearing you say this and you're sharing about generators and manifesting generators being in the receptive mode for life to come to us. That's been something I've personally been working on in studying Abraham Hicks and and Mm. how to position myself in the receptive mode. And I see your work fitting in to that alignment, (laughs) working with the energies of the universe. How can you help us? It can be hard for me to allow life to come to me because I might feel like if I'm not efforting in the direction of baby steps that somehow it's not going to work? How can you help someone like, like me in this way?
0: So I think that like, you know, we call human design an experiment because it's all about just like experimenting with it, with it in your own life and seeing what happens, you know? And so I think for you, it's like, the workers not to be passive and sit on the couch and be like, okay, when is it all coming to me? It's like, how can you be super busy doing the things you enjoy, doing your podcast, writing your book, doing sessions, and just like kind of using your energy in ways that feel good and then just paying attention to what's showing up for you, you know, and like what you're naturally led up by. And, and the distinction here is that waiting to respond does not mean you need to wait for an invitation into something. You just need something in your outer world that's going to kind of stimulate like, that response and you're like, oh my God, yes, I want to learn more about that thing. Ooh, I'm excited about student design, whatever it is. But kind of paying attention to those natural responses you have. But I think my experience is the more you kind of really align with it, the more it happens. And just mm. because you're manifesting generator, it like doesn't mean that you can't initiate, but often it's like not going to flow quite as well if you initiate from this like idea or pressure that you have. But like when it comes to your gut response and you're responding to something and you're like, oh my God, yes, I want to do that. Then that's the permission to kind of initiate and go and make things happen.
1: I, I appreciate what you're exactly. saying because I think it is even I, I meditate daily and even in approaching you to come on my show, I got in a contemplative state of receptivity, like inviting you, knowing that you might say yes, you might say no, and just really being at peace with whatever that answer would be. And it seemed like because I, I wasn't so attached to an outcome, things just flowed really mm-hmm. effortlessly. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And that was like, the gut response you saw now. So you're like, ooh, I want to learn more about that. You know, so that is uh, that is you responding. So I think it's more just kind of attention into those natural things that are happening. Do you feel like you tend to do more of the initiating, or do you feel like you tend to allow life to come to you?
1: Yeah, I'm working on allowing life to come to me, and it, it feels a lot better than the old paradigm yeah. of, of efforting and, and depleting. Exactly.
0: And that's the thing, is what I love about human design is like just because we are a certain type or are a certain design, it doesn't mean that we can't operate in ways that are misaligned with our design, or we can't operate like a manifest or a projector, but like often things are just going to feel so much better and be so much more successful when we are operating in a way that's we aligned with every time. Awesome. Um, so
1: let's talk about projectors, yeah.
0: which are about 20% of the population. Um, and projectors are basically the ones that are really here to lead and guide and advise for people. They're really not here to do all the doing. You know, I talk about generators and manifesting Generators have it's like amazing kind of vitality and life force and energy. So for projectors, I'm a projector. Our energy is a little bit more inconsistent. It's there and then it's not. And so our gift is not really in the doing, but it's in the guiding and in the advising. And so, and our gift is really in understanding people and being very sensitive to energy. So it's often very healthy to kind of, um, just like find a system or modality that really helps us understand people and kind of really go deep into it. Um, and, and trusting that again, our energy operates in spurts, so it's like leveraging the energy that's there and resting what it's not. The like joke is that projectors are meant to work three hours a day, which I know is not always feasible for some of us, but it's, it's just a reminder that the gift is not in the doing, but in the guiding. Um, and the strategy for projectors is all about waiting to be invited in and recognized.
1: You know, so again, I'm, rather than go you, ahead. You first, you first, yeah. and then I'll jump in.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, rather than like initiating and chasing after things and making things happen, it's waiting to be really invited in and authentically recognized before engaging in a new relationship or opportunity, which for me felt like so passive at first until I really discovered how to do it in a way that really felt good.
1: Yes. And that's, Erin Claire, what I was going to bring up. If I, under, if I remember correctly, that you're a projector. Is that accurate? And that you are bringing forth this information to us. And it looks to me, I know you found it, you discovered this and began working uh, with human design in 2015, if if I'm accurate. Mm -hmm. And it it seemed like it's just really, like blossomed for you quickly. And I I did want to inquire about that. How you finding this and then going all over the country, teaching and talking, how did that happen for you as a projector? So I
0: think that when I, first started studying and sharing, I had a former company doing it before I was doing it on my own and with a business partner. And, like, it, one, it didn't feel like people were ready for it. And it felt like we were also just, like, reaching out to people and there was just, like, resistance, but it did not feel like it was flowing. And I think that, like, a couple of things, I think, enabled me to just, like, reach more people. And one was that, like, I think probably maybe 18 months ago, people all of a sudden were ready for it. People, like, knew what human design was and they were ready to learn about it. So, like, that was not something I controlled. But... That was amazing. But also, like, my approach became not about reaching out to specific companies I wanted to work with or specific people, but it was about, like, how can I make myself available for invitations and for recognition? Mm. How can I share about what I'm doing in a very broad and authentic way so that people that do resonate with me can find me? Exactly what happened with you, you know? Like, I was, like, invited to be on almost 30. I did this event. You saw that event, and you were like, oh, she is cool. I want to learn about this. And so I think that, like, my work, whether it's through talks or whether it's through newsletters or Instagram, it's just, like, sharing about what i do and making myself available and i think that was so important for me because it gave me something to do with it i think like even though i'm a protector like i do have a lot of energy in my design and i think that it i, I couldn't like sit on the couch i was like i'm like an entrepreneur i'm building a business like how can i be more active about this so it's been so helpful to not just like reach out to specific people but just be, like here i am here's what i'm doing if you resonate i'm available
1: Yes. And I love what you offered during that New York City event with Almost 30. Someone from the audience asked, she was remarking how it resonates, how there might be like three hours of energy to work, yet that isn't always conducive if you're at a job. And you suggested finding little ways to take those breaks, go to the corner of your office, even excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. What would you suggest for projectors that, that start to feel depleted, how they can kind of recharge? and and yes. get back to it?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So I think one, projectors, like, are super sensitive to energy, so it's really good for us to have time alone. So I would just, like, encourage you to take time alone after the work day or from your partner or your friends to kind of just come back to your own energy and replenish in that way. You know, I think if you're going to work for yourself, like, I still, my, like, shadow is, like, wanting to work all the time. So, like, I feel like it's hard about time to rest. Yeah, if not, I will burn out. Um, but I think if you're working at a job, it's like, and you have to be there eight hours, ten hours, like I would encourage you to take walks in between if there's any way for you to like, take a little nap or just have like a little medi, um, you know, just just knowing that your energy operates is birth more than it does consistently. And so like, I would really leverage the energy right there. Like, like I was just in a session this morning before this with a woman who was like, she was putting pressure on herself to rest and she didn't actually want to. She was like, I have the energy, I'm so fed out a project. and I'm supposed to rest with the projector. Like, It's not that. It's like I would just say really leverage the energy when it's there to do something and then really just take breaths when it's not and don't push yourself too hard in those moments.
1: You know, Eric-Claire, I'm even thinking, knowing that you live in New York City, and for me, that city (laughs) has so much energy that almost assaults my senses, yet you're a projector needing to take these breaks. How does the energy of that geographic location uh, affect you? How do you interact with that in a healthy way, being (laughs) a projector?
0: It's super intense, Um, but I think that you know, in New York, I used to live in the city. I lived in the city for three years. Now I live in Brooklyn. You know, I live, like, near a lot of green on a super quiet street and, like, love my home so much. And so, like, I'm very reclusive in that way. Like, I go to the city when I have to, but I probably go, like, one to two days a week for meetings. because so much of my work is online and by video. So, I just, like, oh, the city's very intense. So, I just, like, I'm very disturbing and strategic about when I go there, I never go there on the weekend, mm. but I also leave New York often, you know, like I try to go upstate state most weekends. I mean, my partner and I, you know, we are in and out of New York. And so New York is such an amazing home base for me because like business wise, it just is like so powerful to be there. It really accelerates everything being there for me. Um, but I think that I know that I need space from it. And so like, I love New York as long as I'm leaving it pretty frequently.
1: Okay. That's helpful information. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Yes. Do you want me to talk about manifestors? Yeah, let's do it.
0: So manifestors are about 9% of the population. And these are basically the people that are really here to initiate and get things started. You know, notice I mentioned all the types here about allowing things to come to them. We're going to be invited. And manifestors are really here to, like, get the ball rolling, make the first move. Like, these people often operate best independently when they're kind of just, like, doing things in their own way on their own terms. Like, they're really not here to be, like, told what to do or guided or managed in any way. Um, and so often it can be a little bit challenging if they're working at a company and like you know expected to like be micromanaged or they just don't have freedom. So they they offer definitely freedom. So say at a company. It's like this is your domain. Do what you please. Let us know how it goes. Or they operate well. They're doing things by themselves. But. For them, they really are here to initiate things, but it doesn't mean they're actually here to do all the doing. So they're going to actually need the support underneath them and with them to kind of help continue the building. And so their strategy is all about initiating, making the first move that comes to dating and business, and also about informing. And so what I mean by informing is once they've made a decision to do something, whether it's like to move to New York or start a new project or date a new person, it's basically reflecting on all the people that decision is going to impact and make sure they let them know. When they inform people, which is not explaining nor is it giving reason for something, or asking for permission, it basically just allows them to manifest with more ease. Um, And these are super powerful beings. Like, my my recommendation for them is to always just, like, as much as they can be, like, unapologetic about who they are, because, like, they just, like, are here to really inspire some people and probably trigger others. So kind of just owning that rather than to, like, fit in or or kind of subdue their power
1: anyway. I'm thinking of a personality, like, would Steve Jobs be an example of a manifester?
0: You know, I think Steve Jobs was a generator. Okay. Um, I have to double check. But, like, manifestors, you know, um, a lot of, like, leaders are manifestors. But, like, Marie Forleo is a manifester who, like, does a lot of work in the field of business. Um, and, you know, Jennifer Aniston, Maya Angelou. Okay. Um, Those people that are here to just, like, provoke and inspire new ways of doing things.
1: That's helpful. Thank you. I like to have a person to reference because i was a little oh, no. i was thinking i was a manifester but i hear you saying i'm a manifesting generator and they're different um they're they, they're different they
0: are different but you also have because you're a manifesting generator like you're a generator because like it's really about allowing people to come to you but you do have this manifesting quality which is really like so it would not be surprising if a manifest piece resonates with you And also, you know, you have specific elements of your design, all about kind of being in control and like being in power and doing it your own way. So it (laughs) definitely both resonated, you know, so being in control and not being controlled are so key for you.
1: And I loved when in in speaking, hearing you talk about manifestors and reading your work. It's about that a piece that resonated with me. And I think listeners, if they experience this, just like sharing. You gave an example about, say, a manifestor might be at a dinner table and they just get up. And yeah. people might be like, Where'd they go? And to just say, Hey, I'm yeah. running to the restroom. That that informing, it's not asking permission, but it's yeah. just educating people on what they're about to do. I see that being so key and helpful in avoiding miscommunications for them. Totally. And and that's gonna really be true for you too. That's definitely good practice for manifesting generators as well. But yeah, the idea is that like if they're
0: not informing or letting people know what they're gonna do, like people have a lot of resistance. So they're like that example, they can just get up and go to the bathroom without saying anything and everyone's like, What happened? When they go? it's going on? Versus just like getting up and being like, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm leaving now. Just like letting people know is a way to just kind of move through the world with a bit more ease and also just to kind of feel more supported.
1: You know, Erin, Claire, learning about this from you, I couldn't help but laugh because when I came to Los Angeles from New Orleans five years ago, I bought a ticket to come to Santa Monica. I did not tell any family member or friends in New Orleans. I came here for three days. I signed a year's lease on an office and decided to start coming here a week, a month. And my family and friends literally thought I had lost my mind because I didn't share a single thing. And there was so much resistance for at least a year and a half because I didn't share. And for me it was about I, I didn't want to share because I knew they could talk me out of this because it was so radical for me. And over the years, they've seen they've come to see, okay, this has been wonderful for you and a natural expansion. So how would you advise a manifester who might have a dream that they want to protect until it's time to reveal, yet I do see the value of informing maybe certain people. How would you help them navigate this a decision yeah. like that?
0: I think that, like, it would be reminding them that, like, they're not here to ask for permission. So for them to have that kind of, like, solidity or security within themselves but are, like, I'm not sharing this with you so you can, like, input, you know, I give your input or tell me what to do. I'm sharing with you because, like, this is what I'm doing and this is what I've chosen. What I've chosen. So, like, I think standing in their power in that way. And I also say, like, only informing the people that will be impacted by it. Okay. It's that's... not, like, make a decision and you're, like, I have to let all my friends know and all my family know. But, like, I hosted a shoot in Italy. Um, a few months ago, and this woman came who was a manifester, and like she didn't tell her sister, and her sister's like super close, always like in like this thing up to date with her life, and like it really impacted her sister not knowing, you know. So, in a case like that, like she didn't have to tell everyone, but she might have called her sister and been like, I'm going to Italy for a retreat, you know, you can share what you want, but like I've made this decision, but I just want to keep you up to date. Okay, and so, I think awesome. it's yeah,
1: that's helpful. Thank Those you. Are the most okay, mm-hmm. and then reflectors, right? Um, are the fifth group
0: reflectors. Re- Yeah, reflectors are about 1% of the population. So these are people that are very unique, obviously, but they are so magical. These are people that are very sensitive to their physical environment. So they basically take in everything in their environment and mirror it back and kind of just reflect back the state of things. So if you know who a reflector is, it's really helpful to witness them, whether it's part of a company or community or team. Like, you really get a sense of the health of that place just by how that person is on that. And these people, like, because they're so sensitive to their environment, one of the most important things they can do is just choose to be in an environment that feels good to them because mm. they're going to take it all in. And also another piece I share for Reflectors is that their identity is kind of always shifting and adapting. So it's just, like, allowing themselves to be very fluid in their identity rather than trying to fix themselves into, like, one way of doing things. It's more just, like, I'm going to wake up doing this way and I feel this at today and that's okay. Um, and then the last piece I share about Reflectors is that, like, they have such an amazing, in my experience, perspective where they can just see things that other people miss that are kind of very tuned into energy in general. So if you have a reflector around, like, I definitely recommend asking them questions and kind of get in their perspective because they just, like, it, it's very unlike anyone else in my experience.
1: So, Aaron Claire, I'm wondering, I'm thinking about, you know, who do I know that might be a reflector? And as I'm sitting here, I'm wondering, do you think, uh, like, Libras could be reflectors? I tend to find Libras having a unique perspective and suddenly doing different things that might be confusing for me. Like, how might we know there's a reflector in our in our life?
0: Honestly, reflectors are really hard to know. Like, I think that, like, my sense is, I can often sense when people are energetically. Like, projectors are super, like, focused, penetrating. They kind of make you feel very and recognized but it can be intense if you don't want it. Manifesting generators and generators are super just, like, like juicy and bubbling and like kind of just like really enveloping in their energy There's like attractive things to them and manifestors are a little bit more closed in their energy like you can't always access them until they initiate it. Reflectors are so interesting because they're always changing. They're gonna have periods where they like a projector, like a manifesting generator, like a manifestor, like a generator. And so I it's always actually hard for me to know who they are. It's really only looking them up because like often at the superflex are like, oh I thought you're a projector, I thought you're a manifesting generator because like I'd perceive them in one moment in time. But once I know the reflector, it makes all the sense every single time. And in terms of famous people, like, there aren't that many because there aren't that many people. But um, if any of you know Ama, who's the hugging saint, she's like, gone around and hugged millions of people. Oh. And she's a reflector and so powerfully kind of reflecting back where people are at. And then also I know Sandra Bullock is a reflector, which also, you know, you could see would make her probably a really good actress. And that ability to kind of embody all those different identities and ways of being.
1: Oh, that's helpful. That's cool, Erin Claire. What a unique type to be what a unique type
0: i know and it's so cool because now i've opened lots of people so i've with lots of reflectors but they're i've always love discovering them because i think it's such a powerful system for that because i feel like most reflectors are like my life experience is so different than everyone around me like it's just like it's nice to have a language to kind of understand it
1: absolutely would this be a good time to take a quick pause for our commercial break before we transition into the next part of human design mm-hmm. Wonderful. I'll bring you right back on For my listeners, BetterHelp.com is offering you 10% off your first month to try them out. BetterHelp is a HIPAA compliant online therapy platform that offers you video email, and phone therapy. You can choose your own practitioner. There are several thousand licensed practitioners. And if you're dissatisfied with them or not feeling like there's a resonance, it's important that you connect with the person you're working with. You can select a new provider to work with. They are versed on many different specializations, including depression, anxiety, relationship issues, trauma, self-esteem, LGBT, and it's confidential, secure, affordable. They do offer financial aid for those who may qualify, and you can start sessions with them within a 24-hour period. So again, as my listener, they're offering you 10% off your first month. You can go to betterhelp.com forward slash A-T-T for all things therapy in all caps, and check them out if that resonates with you. It might not be convenient necessarily to work in person with someone sometimes. So they're definitely a resource that's available.
0: Enjoy.
1: Passion, and in all, make the world a better place for everyone. If you're joining in at the break, I am with Erin Claire Jones, an expert in human design. She's also a leadership coach, and we are discussing her work. Hey, Erin Claire. Hi. Where should we move on to next after discussing the five major types of human design?
0: So I think another important piece is really around your decision-making authority. So basically, there are different ways of making decisions in human design. Some of them are connected to your type. Other ones are not. Um, but they are basically how your design can really assess whether or not things are correct for you. And if you're just joining, the link to look up your design is Aaron, Clara Jones, Claire with an E, slash lookup. Um, and you need your exact time, date, and place of birth. So let's start with yours, Lisa, okay. which is sacred. Um, and so basically if you look under your, if you look up your design and under inner authority, it says, say hey, I'm talking about you now. And so these are people where it's basically all about their gut response. They're designed to know in the moment if something's correct for them based on how it feels in their gut. It can be like an excited buzz in their stomach. It might be an uncomfortable lot. It might feel your body literally opening up towards something or kind of like shutting down. And it can be like an uh-huh in your voice or uh-uh. And so basically these people are really designed to tune into their gut response in the moment and let that be their guide, even if they can't rationalize it or make sense of it. You know, often they're going to get a gut response and then their mind will get in the way, being like, you should do this for this reason or not for this reason. But, um, but it's really that kind of letting the gut be the driver. And the gut really operates best in response. So if like something's presented to you, say at a restaurant or just even in a room, just paying attention, like what is your gut drawn to? Where do you feel expansion towards something versus contraction away? Mm. And also the gut really responds well to very specific questions. So instead of asking you an open-ended question, like where do you want to go for dinner? I'd ask you something like, would you like to go out or cook at home? Yes. You know, would you prefer yes. a salad or salad? Just like things that give you options. And it basically is giving you something to respond to.
1: Uh, that that resonates so deeply with me Erin Claire as far as uh, it's it's been in the recent years that I'm learning to to really let my gut reactions dictate uh, the yes no or maybe for me because it does come so fast that it's almost like whoa like Shouldn't that take more time to decide? And I've learned to just move with the energy and figure it out later, which is kind of like moving here five years ago, part time and like, oh, shit, I'm in Los Angeles. What do I do now? And then it comes like the pieces have fallen into place. And I'm so grateful I I listened to that voice because my life has expanded. I'm here with you. And so for sacral authority people, it's about really trusting your gut is what I hear you saying. 100% and again like just knowing that you can't always explain it and that's not the point
0: you know what I mean and so really kind of trusting that and really letting that gut be the driver um and yeah I love that example I'm so glad you're tuned into it it's such a powerful thing because I think so often we really think that we should make decisions from our mind or we should be able to rationalize them or have like pro-con lists and like It's kind of the opposite. It's basically helping each person to tap into like their body and an authority that like they can't always explain, but their body just knows. Um, So then there are also people that are emotional. That would say something like emotional, solar plexus, and inner authority. And for the people that are emotional, they might have a bad response. They might have a very strong intuition about something, but they basically are not designed to make decisions in the moment. For the emotional people, it's really good to give yourself time to really feel and then kind of wait for emotional clarity before committing to something. Um, and so these people are probably going to have like emotional highs and emotional lows, but it's basically not making decisions on the on the high or the low of your emotional wave, but basically sleeping on things and waiting for that clarity to arise. Um, and again, you can just. I get a sense of how helpful it is to know what the people are around you because, like, for you, you're sacral. So, like, rather than taking time with making decisions, you know you can make it in the moment. Whereas for me, I'm emotional. So rather than feeling the pressure to make decisions quickly, I now have learned to give myself permission to really feel into things because I know that. kind of enter into things in a correct way for me. Mm. So really just kind of waiting for the emotional charge to disappear and to just feel
1: clear. And it sounds like also giving yourself permission to take that time to be with the decision.
0: Yeah, and I think at the beginning, when I first started experimenting with this, I was like, what if, like, opportunities disappear? You know, what if things Mm. just, like, are no longer there because I take time? But learning to just really trust that, I've just been like, you know, this opportunity feels super exciting for me. Like, give me a couple days to really make sure, you know? And often in that in-between period, like, the opportunity grows and becomes, like, greater and more expansive. And so it's just kind of, again, really learning to trust that and not fighting it. Um, and also just like knowing that, you know, so often I've been on a high emotional wave and I've been like, yeah, I'll commit to everything. It's amazing. <laughs> and then I wake up the next day and I'm like, what in the world did I commit to? <laughs> and so just knowing that like, I need to be, I need a moment to be like, okay, am I so excited about this thing one or two days later?
1: And so in that case, would you advise other emotional authorities to just go back and say, Hey, I reconsidered this. I'm not able. How would you offer if if someone commits to something and then realizes this isn't, this isn't right for me?
0: Yeah, I think like going back, I think that they can be made to feel like a little bit flaky at times because they go back on the decision they made. But I think when you start entering into things by waiting rather than jumping in, then you're going to avoid that. But yeah, I think if you've already made the decision, just going back and be like, you know, I had a moment more to think about it and it's not actually the right thing for me. And I just think like human design has really taught me that how we enter things is everything. Mm. And so when we enter into things in ways that are really aligned with our design, often those experiences are going to be more meaningful and really slow for us. But like when we enter in, the base, in ways that aren't driven by our mind or what we should do and are not aligned with our design, like those things often like stay wrong. You know, even just so often, like I'll talk to a client and they're like, I'm leaving a relationship or a job or whatever. And I'm like, and how did you, when did you know it wasn't the right thing for you? And they're like, the moment I entered it, <laughs> you know, <Wow. clears
1: throat>
0: they had a gut feeling that it wasn't the right thing, but like they committed themselves. So, like, yes. so often we know and the work is really just trusting it.
1: Okay, that's so helpful.
0: Great. Um, And then we have splenic, and so this is just true for manifestors or projectors. And basically, these people are designed to make decisions based on our intuition, and intuition is different than the gut response in human design. So intuition is basically, it's like a quiet whisper. It's like a feeling of resonating with something or not. It's like tingles that you feel or a voice that you hear, and often it comes once and then it disappears. Mm. And so the work for these people is to get quiet enough to hear their intuition, and then just be courageous enough to ask once I hear it. Um, and often, you know, living in New York, a lot of my clients are in New York. It can be super loud, super hard to tune into with our intuition there. So kind of being in nature, meditating, just taking space around for, away from people to kind of really connect with that intuition can be super powerful.
1: Okay, very cool. So,
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's cool that it's different than the gut, I think, often. And you can also imagine when there are all these, like, blanket approaches, like, follow your gut, like. Like, I don't have a get response. You know what I mean? It's just different for each of us. So it's sometimes nice I have a language around like what the differences are. Um, there are some people that are designed to make decisions based on their ego and their willpower. That will say something like ego, um, ego projected or ego manifester. And basically for the people that are designed to make decisions through their ego, it's really making decisions based on whether or not they really have the willpower and fortitude to do something. Mm. So it's really asking themselves like, one, do I have the willpower and the energy to do this? Like, but also is my heart in it? Because when their heart is in something they they can move mountains, or their heart's not in it, it's just like isn't gonna happen.
1: It falls and flat. And people
0: are actually designed to be oh
1: what do you say? It would fall flat, I imagine, if their heart's not It would in. fall
0: flat. Exactly. And like and they're designed to be a little bit selfish in their decision making, kinda of really asking themselves like um, will this decision, like, really take care of me, you know, kind of making sure that they're really taken care of by the decisions that they're making, and they're not making decisions, like, on maybe, on behalf of someone else, um, you know, I was doing session this morning with somebody that had this, too, and it was just, like, so clear the progress he had that his heart was in and the ones that weren't, you know, and, like, the ones when his heart's in it, he can really just, like, make anything happen, so it's kind of really learning to trust that, even if, like, you're holding on to everything just because they feel safe. Um, and then for, there's another one called Self-Projected, which is just true for projectors. And this one is basically all around verbally processing. So it's super healthy for these people to kind of just like allow themselves to just speak and verbally process. And by doing that, like their truth will literally just plop out. And so it's good to kind of surround themselves by coaches or therapists or people that ask them questions, not people that are trying to give them advice, but are trying to kind of pull their truth out of them. Um, and for these people, their truth is very connected to their identity. So really kind of asking themselves like, you know, will this decision, like, allow my self-expression? Like, will it make me happy? Like, will it hold me in the right direction? Um, and then, yeah, and, and so those are most of them. There's a couple other. There's one that's all about environment. I think it'll say Yeah, none, I wrote that down. All around.
1: No, no, yeah, environmental, no inner authority. Yeah, I was told when I say geeky yes. out, I mean, I was, like, up till 12, a, 12 a.m., like, on your website or on other websites. I just see this material as being so valuable. So
0: valuable. Um, and so the, yeah, so the no authority or the, um, is basically around being in the right environment. the most important thing you can do is be in an environment that really feels good to you. And then in those environments, allow yourself to speak and verbally process surrounded by people that you trust. But like, it's going to be so much easier to make the right decision when you're actually in a space that feels good. Um, and then for reflectors, which is the last one, which is the type, they have a super unique one, which always blows my mind, but it somehow resonates with all the reflectors I speak to, which is that. For the big decisions, they're really designed to give themselves a full 30 days, a full lunar cycle before they commit. Yeah. Um, because they actually kind of need that period to sample all the different options to know what's actually right for them.
1: I was reading that last so night. big one. Yes, yes, the lunar cycle right. authority. And it was like, wow, this is really deep. How might somebody do that? Like a 30-day cycle? What might be an example of how a reflector would approach utilizing this authority?
0: Yeah. So, you know, obviously for the small decisions during the day, like you're going you know, to probably make quicker ones, but I think I would encourage you to choose to be in environments where you don't feel rushed or hurried in any way. You feel like you can really take your time with things. And I I mean, I'm talking about the big decisions, So like moving to the city, taking a new job. And like, obviously sometimes like you might not have that much time with a job, but just like really giving yourself that time to sample, like one small sample of that reflector a couple months ago, who was, like, looking for a new career, and she basically met a photographer and got so into it and was like, I want to be a photographer, and this is it. I'm so freaking excited, um, and then she just really went deep in it for three weeks, and then and then she was done. But, like, she was, like, took on his identity, was super excited about it, but then just realized it wasn't her thing. But she actually kind of needed to go through that course in that period of time to just, like, assess that it wasn't the right thing for her. So I was just, like, for those big decisions, I was just, as much as you can, kind of, giving yourself kind a of really like sample and score something before making a big commitment.
1: Okay. That's helpful as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know from reading your work and hearing you speak in the human design chart, there are these open centers, white areas yeah. on one's chart that address vulnerability and what we're here to learn. It reminded me of my work with Chiron and what we're here to mm-hmm. learn, totally. what we're here, here to heal. Can you speak to us to that as well?
0: For sure. So, in our, when you look at your chart, if you pull it up, you'll see that there are all these nine different energy centers. They're going to look like these weird geometric shapes. And basically, the areas that are colored and in your design are the areas where you were the most, um, where you're basically drawing your energy from. Those are the areas that are operating in a kind of consistent, reliable way within you. The areas that are white in your design, those centers, but also those channels, the lines connecting them, are all the areas where you're kind of very open and sensitive to taking in other people's energy. And they're the areas where you can get very taken off track, but they're also the areas where you're really here to be wise. Mm. Like, you know, they're the areas where you're going to be in school. And so just like one small example is like you have an open emotional center, which means that you're hypersensitive to other people's emotions. You can feel them in an amplified way, maybe sometimes more intensely than they do. And like in a shadow or a low expression of that, that can be like feeling emotionally overwhelmed. That can be avoiding complications because you don't know what it will spark in someone or it could be not fully speaking your truth or kind of just jumping into things too quickly in the heat of the moment. Yes. Um, but like the wisdom is like you're somebody who's here to be very wise about emotions, like mm-hmm. an ability to kind of move in and out of other people's emotional ways without identifying with them or without taking them on as your own. You know, and like if you ever feel that emotional intensity or heat, just like taking time to remove yourself. So so yeah, does that, how does that one resonate for
1: you? Absolutely, yes. Yes. It's what I've been yeah. working on. As an empath, how to not absorb the energy, the emotion that I perceive that people might not even speak verbally, but I pick up on it intuitively. And, and what do I do with that then, like you're saying? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And just like not taking it on as your own because where this one can get super confusing is if you start like internalizing that and you're like, oh, these are my emotions. Like, Why am I feeling this? But being able to have those like, boundaries and be like, oh, I'm feeling this thing that's not really mine. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to remove myself. Yes. And I'm going to come back to my
1: own. Absolutely, Erin Clear.
0: Yeah. So those are super interesting areas to explore because they just like, they're such reminders of like where we're here to learn things. And they're also the places where you're not designed to make decisions from. So like, you specifically you're going to make decisions from your gut not from like taking on people's emotions and getting like whether it's a higher emotional low but making sure that like something really feels right in your gut
1: you know the two things i'm thinking to say erin claire are that number one your work with human design w- would work so well with with therapy, with psychotherapy, a client to have this human design chart and bring it in to the session so that we could work from it because it helps kind of demystify a lot of things that people might spend years in therapy trying to discern or identify and figure out. And this really streamlines what to work on and maximize and and what to help, what to support someone in, in dismantling or building. Have you found that to be true? Yeah. Yeah. And I just I love
0: that so much because I just think that it like often gives us a language to all these things that have been operating within us that we haven't really had a language for. You know, and I just think it does kind of accelerate the process and you're just like, Oh, these are my energetics, I understand what's going on and rather than like taking things personally or shaming yourself for the things that you're good at, it's just like owning it and kind of stepping into who you are. Um, and and I think like more than anything what I love is that in my sessions and in my work with people, like it's not about telling people stuff they don't know. It's like also they do know and they just haven't really allowed themselves to step into it, mm-hmm. you know, or given themselves that permission. So I do, I think it works so well with those other systems because it just gives us, you know, it just gives us this framework to be like, oh, you're projects got it. Like, this is why this isn't working. Or you're like, oh, you're a medical generic. This is what you need. Because I think so often we just like make ourselves wrong for who we are. And so I think human design just brings us back in such a cool way.
1: Yes. And then the second question to ask you, Erin Claire, it's been coming up to me in meditation this morning before we did our show today as I'm talking to spirits. Like, ask her, like, where are you planning to write a book? So I, I keep seeing, like, a book for you that you write, and I'm yeah. curious if that's on your radar personally and professionally. It, it is
0: personally on my radar. I've had some publishers reach out. I think that um, for me, it's all about just knowing the right timing for things. Yeah. I think that I, there's a lot of energy that needs to go into building a business right now. So I guess I want to write a book when it feels like I have the space for it. Maybe I'll never like feel like I have the space, but at least more space. But yeah. I also think that like, there's some amazing human design books out there already. So like, I think that I still need a little bit of clarity on what I uniquely bring to the table, you know, which I, I know what I do. And like, I experience that with clients every day, but I also want to like contribute a book that like, is just. New and offers value in a whole different way, and so I think I'm still kind of waiting for clarity on exactly what that looks like.
1: That resonates with me. That when you know, you take action once you know what your intention yeah. is, taking it in alignment, and you'll know when that moment is what to offer and put out in that way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what we're like going um, to leave. So yes, yeah, I'm excited for it when it happens. Yeah, I'm Go excited ahead. too. You're gonna have to come back on again, <laughs> and you can come on next year again too in 2020 to update us yeah. on on your amazing. Work. What would you like to leave our listeners with? I know you're in Los Angeles. How can people reach out to you, get their blueprint? I know you do one-on-one sessions and you do partnership yeah. sessions regarding relationships and business, romantic and business relationships.
0: Yeah. Yes. So my website, as you mentioned earlier, um, is erinclairjones.com. So is my Instagram, Um If you want to dive deeper, you know, the best, Beginner offering. There's an offering called Blueprint, which is a 30-page PDF that I've put together on your unique design. So it kind of gives you everything you need to get started, everything we went through today, and so much more. And so um, the website for that is erinclarajones.com/slash/blueprint. But I just created a discount code um, for this week, and the discount code is ATT, which will give you 10% off the blueprint um for all things therapy and then if you want to do individual sessions i do those and i also do partnership sessions as you mentioned for romantic relationships and businesses and then also do a lot of work with kind of businesses and helping them really understand team dynamics and how to best function together
1: so just to be clear the discount code which i really appreciate that you are doing for listeners this week is it com forward slash blueprint att or what is the exact so i can put it in my show notes so
0: it's the the URL is com slash Blueprint. And then when you do the order, you can put in the discount code ATT, and that will give the discount.
1: Wonderful. I'm going to add that to the show notes. Thank you. Of course. Okay, you're lovely. Your energy is so high vibing. I've been feeling it for the last couple of days in anticipation of talking, oh. and I'm just grateful for our connection and your time today. Oh,
0: my God. Of course. That's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: You're welcome. Have a wonderful rest of your Los Angeles tour, Erin Claire. Awesome. Thank you so much You're for welcome. having me on. Big love. Okay. Big love. Bye. Bye. That concludes my show today with human design expert and leadership coach, Erin Claire Jones. Find her at ErinClaireJones.com. And for you, the listeners of All Things Therapy, she has a discount code for you to receive your blueprint, a 30-page document on your human design. You access that by going to Claire with an E, jones.com forward slash blueprint. And once you get into that page, use the discount code ATT for all things therapy in all caps. Thank you for being with me today. I hope you are having a wonderful day and I look forward to being with you back next week. Bye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Top Radio. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.